This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, June 1st, 2014. What matters most? The God Connection. Good morning, Connection Community Church. It is great to be back. We were on vacation last week. It was nice. That little thing that you did, Barry, at the end of that reminds me of the waves that I listened to while I thank you so much. You know what? It's so good to be here because I missed you guys. There's no place like home. Amen? My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this day. It's a day that you've made, a beautiful day, that we get to hang out with you and be a part of fellowshipping with one another. We get to be a part of your creation. And so, God, I would ask that you would settle us in and speak to us, open our hearts so that we might hear your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, for the month of June, we are going to ask this question. The question is, what matters most? Say that. What matters most? Great question. And it was inspired by a book written by Leonard Sweet. Leonard is an author, a preacher, a professor, And he also claims to be, I've never heard this before, a cultural observer. He watches culture and how it relates to scripture. And so uh, there's some tidbits that we'll share with you from Leonard Sweet. What matters most? Okay, so have you ever just wondered why? That's kind of wide open, I know. But why did God create any of this in the first place? The sun, the moon, the stars... planets, planet Earth, birds, fish, animals, humankind in general, you and me, us in particular. Hmm. You know, God never flat out says, here's the reason I created all this in the first place. So we got to dig a little bit. Excuse me, a tickle. Got to dig a little bit into God and God's creation, God's story, the Bible, to try to figure this out. Well, after doing some of that digging, We think one of the primary reasons God created and creates is because that's God's nature. That's just who God is. Uh, If we use the term creator God, it's kind of redundant because by being God, (coughs) it automatically makes it um, creative. God cannot not create. God to be God means to create, and that's what came about. And out of everything that God brought into being, out of the many, many species that God created, I mean, just think, between plants and animals, thousands and thousands and thousands of different species, God chose human beings to be different from everything else. Here's what we read in Genesis Chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 
So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God created humankind in God's image, according to God's likeness. Our challenge is that we're not exactly sure what that means to be created in God's image, according to God's likeness. But since these words aren't used to describe anything else that God created, except for humankind, it indicates to us something special, something set apart, and that is that we were created to be in a special relationship with God, created to relate to God in a unique way, unlike that of, and isn't the body of Christ beautiful here? <laughs> Thank you, Margie. Any, yeah, that is so awesome. All right, unlike any other part of God's created order. So God, thank you, Margie. <clears throat> so God created us for this, for this special relationship so that God can share with us all who God is, all of what God does, all of what God can and will do, to share all that with us. Uh, from the beginning, God was in relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Back there at that passage of Scripture, you notice where it said, let us make humankind in our image. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's a community of faith right there at the beginning. And we would say that God wanted to expand who God was in relationship with in order to share the glory of God, of that triune relationship, to share that with others, in order to, to share God's outrageously creative spirit beyond that original circle of, of who God was and is. <clears throat> and so the, the very reason God created us was so that each and every one of us could be in a personal relationship with God, not because God needed us to share with. We, sometimes we get a little confusing. Oh, how badly God needs me. No, it's God wanted to share with us. God wanted us to be a part of what God was about. God <clears throat> wanted to be able to, uh, us to be able to enjoy God's creative spirit as God enjoys God's creative spirit. And, and you know, not only for us to enjoy that creative spirit, but that we might have that creative spirit in us as well. I think we think part of being created in God's image may well mean that we're created to be creative ourselves. Amen? Amen. In a way, unlike any of God's other creatures are creative. We're creative, and so that we're able then to share in the joy, <coughs> gosh, excuse me, the joy and exhilaration that comes from this godlike ability to create. And so God created us to be in relationship with God, pure and simple. As Leonard Sweet says in his book, at the most basic level, of course, your life can be considered life and not simply existence because of a relationship with God. And so we are created to be in relationship with God. 
We've talked before here in connection about how each of us has this God-shaped hole in our soul that nothing, nothing else will fill. And we, we try to fill it. We try to fill it with all sorts of things, other things, uh, achievements, uh, fame, fortune, uh, other relationships, uh, substances, legal and illegal, objects, uh, the list goes on and on and on. We, we try to fill it with these things, but the thing is, none of these things, none of these things can take the place of a personal relationship with God. They just can't. And that's because of the way God wired us. He wired us to be in relationship with God first and foremost. You know, we're not created to be, uh, to be self-contained, lone rangers, walking through life all by ourselves. We're made to be in, in other relationships as well, and we'll talk about those in the next few weeks, in this month of June, but, but above all the relationships we're in, before all of those comes our relationship with the one who first made you and me. Relationships are at the very core of the universe. The entire biological system, the ecosystem is built on them. I mean, think about the components of the atoms to the bodies that comprise the galaxies in the universe. I mean, it's just mind-blowing the way God is so creative and everything is in relationship. But out of all of those relationships, God created us to be in a special, a different one, unlike any other. Our relationship with God is at the very core of our being. We are, you are, created in God's image. So then the question is, what does being in relationship with God mean? What does it look like? Well, <clears throat> it means life is a whole lot less about spending our time acquiring stuff and more about spending our time connecting with God. It means focusing less on rules and regulations, on breaking them or not breaking them, and focusing more on who God is and what God calls us and who God calls us to be. At church, it's about less about reciting prescribed prayers and statements of belief and formal doctrines, and more about getting ever, ever, ever closer to the one who first blew the breath of life into our beings, the one who created us to be in relationship with him, the one who wants us to love him as much as he loves us, to love him with everything that we've got, our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. It's to put God first. And what does that look like? Well, it means to start our days in conversation with God and to close our days in that same way and to be in touch with God throughout the day. That's what it means. We use this word at church, communion to be in communion, in relationship with God, to be connected, to be in touch with the Holy One. And what challenges this relationship more than anything else is a three-letter word, starts with S, ends with N. Any guesses? It's church, sin. so it's got to be. It's got to be sin. Yeah. Sin. 
And that makes sense since we think about the basic definition of sin, that which separates us from God and one another. Sin. You know, the letter that's in the middle of that is I. And when we think about me over and above God, others, sin. When we look back in the very beginning, we see Adam and Eve, and, you know, they had it all. It was like a perfect place, a perfect relationship with God until they decided to do something that would separate them from God. And sin has separated us ever since. Sin keeps us from being able to fully appreciate everything that God has in store for us, that life of, you know, being free from the chains that bind us. You know, we just stay dead in that sin so many times instead of experiencing that freedom. Sin keeps us from realizing God's unconditional love. God cannot not love you. No matter what you've done, no matter what sin we all commit, God still loves. Sin is the ultimate relationship killer. I'm going to say that again. Sin is the ultimate relationship killer. It's something that every one of us, I struggle with sin, Alan struggles with sin, we all struggle with sin. Say, I struggle with sin. Struggle with sin. Yeah, because that's part of our human condition. As Paul shares, Paul wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible. He shares in Romans 3.23, we say this a lot, say it with me, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here's the thing. Even though our sin separates us from God, God still desires to be in relationship with each and every one of us. Even though we push God away through our words, through our actions, through what we do, God still wants uh, to share who God is and what God does with us. God wants this relationship so badly that God was willing to come to us face-to-face, person-to-person, to let us know how important this relationship is. In the person of Jesus Christ, God joined us in our humanity, knowing that it would be easier for us to connect with God when God's literally walking beside us. In the 15th chapter of the book of John, it's in the New Testament, it's one of the Gospels. Gospel means good news. John uh, tells us of a time that Jesus was talking with his disciples and he compares his relationship with them to that of a plant. Jesus being the vine, the disciples being the branches. Connected to him, we were his disciples, we will bear much fruit. Apart from the vine, we will perish. Let's take a look at what the scripture says, what Jesus says in John 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you what? Friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit 
fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And so it's all about relationship. And that relationship is possible because Jesus calls us. In that book, we've talked about what matters most. Leonard Sweet points out that in the ancient world, in Bible time, a person would become a disciple of someone by seeking out that person, by seeking out a rabbi or teacher, and then following him. True in the Hebrew world, true in the Greek world as well. The initiative was with the student, not the teacher. But as with so many other things, Jesus turned this upside down. And, and he did the choosing. If you remember, he chose the 12 disciples who would follow him. And he chooses you as well. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus chose me. Now turn to that same person and say, Jesus chose you. Yeah. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Jesus chose you. Jesus chose you. Jesus chose me. And he did it with those disciples. <clears throat> it was really interesting how he did it with two simple words. All he said was, follow me. Follow, say it with me. Follow me. Follow me. <clears throat> Powerful words. Jesus didn't say, follow my teaching. He didn't say, follow this idea. He didn't say, follow this commandment. He didn't say, follow this ritualistic life. All he said was, follow me. See, when Jesus says, follow me, there's something about this invitation, about this opportunity, about this offer that immediately begins to fill the God-shaped hole in our soul that we talked about earlier. And it fills not because Jesus shows us the way, as we read in Scripture, but because Jesus is the way. Say, Jesus is the way. Yeah, we follow Jesus not because he shares with us the truth, but because he is the truth. Say, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Amen. We don't follow because he talks to us about life. We follow Jesus because he is the life. Say, Jesus is the life. Jesus is the That's life. That's right. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When Jesus says, follow me, he ain't just giving us direction. He's not a human GPS. He's inviting us into a personal relationship with him. And that's the ultimate relationship. Jesus himself shared that there is no greater love than to lay one's, li lay one's life down to one's, with one's friends. That's what it says in John 15, 13. And that's what Jesus said and did for us. Remember he said, I call you friend. He laid his life down for each one of us. Not only did God join us as uh, Jesus in the flesh, but God was willing to sacrifice the life of his one and only son that we might be forgiven for the sin that we continually uh, participate in the sin that separates us from God, the sin that keeps us from receiving everything that God desires and wants for us, Jesus gave himself up as a sacrifice in order to pay the price for that sin, for our sin. He died 
so that we might have life and have life to the fullest. So what matters most? Well, our relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the power of God's Holy Spirit. When we're connected to God in this way, we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to share in all God has in store for us. We don't have to wait in order to be a part of God's kingdom. We don't have to wait to experience this unconditional, no-strings-attached love that, that God has for us, and then to be able to share this godly love with those around us, those we know, and even those who we don't know. This relationship, or lack thereof, with God through Jesus Christ sets the foundation for all of our other relationships right here on earth. If we don't have this relationship, if we're not connected with God through Jesus Christ and God's power of the Holy Spirit, if we, the branches, are not connected to Jesus, the vine, it's impossible for any of our other relationships to be all that they can be. Relationship with God matters so much that God is constantly reaching out, reaching out, even to those who know him, but especially to those who don't know him. The, we have a term, it's an old-fashioned courting. Remember the old idea of courting? And this is the idea of wooing, to woo somebody, to work very hard to draw that person into relationship, a loving relationship. And that's what God, he comes a courting and he's a wooing you. <clears throat> and he's wooing, he's going to keep on wooing you into relationship with him. And if you haven't allowed yourself to receive that love that God has to offer, if you haven't allowed yourself to be in that loving relationship with God through Jesus Christ, today's the day. Today's the day. Why would you wait another minute? There's no reason. God wants to be in relationship with you. The challenge for us is can we stop saying no? And we think we say yes. Actually, all we got to do is stop saying no and open up to the possibility of Jesus, of being part of our life of saying, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't do it myself. Jesus, you are my Savior. Open up to allow ourselves, to allow yourself to receive, to receive the love that God has been and continues to and will continue to be offering you until you say, yes. Open up to filling that hole in the soul through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today is the day. And so you might wonder how to do that. Here at Connection Church, we're all on this journey, and some of us have been walking with God for a while, and others are maybe only a short period of time, and then others are still exploring what does that look like in my life. But as Alan said, today is the day to say, okay, God, here I am. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Be the leader of my life. So I'm going to say a prayer, and it's not just for people who are at the beginning or checking Jesus out. It's for all of us, because every single day, believers or those exploring need to come before the Lord and say, okay, I'm yours again today. So let us pray. God, here we are. You created each one of us unique and special. 
You have a purpose and a plan for every one of us. We learned that through your prophet Jeremiah. A purpose and a plan not to harm, but to prosper us. God, whether I'm saying this for the first time or for the thousandth time, come into my life. Be the leader of my life. Forgive me, Lord, for my sin, those times when I really mess up. Thank you for your love that is unconditional. There's nothing, your word says that there's nothing that I've done that you wouldn't stop loving me about. Thank you, God, for sending me Jesus, who lived, who died, and who rose again for each one of us so that we might believe and love you with everything that we've got. Thank you, God, for giving us another day, another breath, another opportunity to be in relationship with you and one another. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. If that is a prayer that you've said for the very first time, then it's your spiritual birthday. Happy birthday. Because you might not feel anything like right now, but if you sincerely ask Jesus into your heart, your life will be different from this moment forward because you won't operate in your own head. You're going to say, okay, what do you want me to do, Jesus? How do you want me to be? Guide my steps, order my words, and he will. Just trust that. And if you've said that for the thousandth, thousandth time, we need to keep saying it because we are all sinners saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.